back to episode of Around the Geek, episode 116, with your host Terrell. Eric. And I got our special guest, Jake, back on uh, another episode with us. What's up, everybody? Like a returning host. (laughs) It's been a while. I'll be a special guest. That makes me feel more special. Yeah, he did. uh, He did. He was uh, like a a reoccurring role for like a couple episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Like everybody else, he just disappeared. I didn't disappear. I had my own stuff to work on. Disappeared. So before we get into our episode and we get into all of our, our topic for the for the week and everything, uh, Jake has some announcements he wants to get into before we start everything. Yeah, so I just want to give a heads up to all you Around the Geek listeners. Um, Hartford County is going to be having a free Comic Con at the Hartford County Public Library. Um, and I know many of you are probably thinking, you know, library, Comic Con, two things might not go together super well, right? Um, but I'm on the planning committee for it, and I think it's going to be awesome. We're going to have a costume contest, a trivia contest. We're going to have a green screen so you could take photos in front of different you know, backdrops. We're going to have Star Wars cosplayers there, hopefully some other cosplayers. We're going to have anime streaming, board games, Dungeons & Dragons, Magic the Gathering, different crafts. We're going to have like a, a Geeky Reads for Adults uh, discussion panel that I'm going to be doing. Uh, and we're going to have prizes. It's going to be awesome. Um, as going to be totally free it's uh october 21st which is a saturday at the bel-air public library in hartford county um well worth the drive out the parking garage the bottom level is actually free to park in on the weekend so there's tons of parking around there and it's going to be a really good time when was the last time baltimore city did that for you people your baltimore city library well they probably do i just don't know about their schedules <laughs> <laughs> i just i I'm not calling anyone out. I'm just saying, you know, Hartford County, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a real good time. That sounds awesome, man. I would, I definitely want to uh, join that. Um, we've got we've got some really good prizes that we'll be giving out. Um, the company Piazzo that does Pathfinder has donated a ton of different Pathfinder rulebooks that will be given away. We got some donations from uh, Diamond Comics, so we've got some comic-related stuff. I'm still working with some of the local shops to get some donations. I've got some stuff that I threw in. Um, so we'll have a bunch of different stuff given away. People coming are probably going to, we're going to have some Magic the Gathering stuff, game stores there. It's going to be a really good time. Um, really hoping that we get a good crowd out and we can really build this into a sort of premier event for the year. And it's going to be totally free, 100% free. And free food, sir, people. <laughs> no, no free food. No oh, free food. Oh, oh, no food. I can't say I take yeah, that back. No Gotta edit food. that now. <laughs> no free food. Yeah, uh, you know, there's no free. Unfortunately, with um, Hartford County, has a ton of different rules with the health department yeah. that we have to follow if we have any food, and uh, the amount of hoops we'd have to jump through in order to make food possible, and then the amount of money that would cost to, to supply food with everybody just isn't possible for the the library at this time. You also got to provide bathrooms but, and stuff like that as well. <clears throat> Right, yeah, we'll have bathrooms and stuff, um, you know, because it's the library, man. Have you been in the library, Terrell? Yes, I've been to the library. <laughs> it's been my greatest friend this but, past I mean, couple months. Bellar Main Street's one block away, and there's a ton of really good restaurants along there. Um, you know, the Bellar Collector's Corner is, like, right by the library. So, Terrell, you've been up there. You, you yeah. can say there's, like, pizza places, Chinese food, a bunch of different stuff along there. And then just a short drive, there's also fast food, different stuff like that. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, it's going to be going from 10 to five realistically we're going to begin packing up around 4 30 
We're going to have some guest comic creators also coming to do a panel on how to get into comic creation, what the industry's like, and showing off some of their materials. So we've got, um, let's see, I want to make sure I don't forget anyone. We've got Kyle Reyes, who does a comic called Primal... Primal something, one second while I look this up. He, uh, it's basically a comic that is futuristic, but also has dinosaurs. Um, I've got the first couple volumes uh, mm -hmm. myself. Really awesome. And we've also got Kata Kane. I can't remember what comic she does, but uh, I looked at the links. It looked really cool. Um, we've got a couple other people coming, and they're going to be doing a panel there, and then you get to meet and greet some local talent. Um, so that'll be an awesome opportunity to sort of see that. And if you're an aspiring comic creator, you can really get, you know, some firsthand experience and info on how to get into that industry. That sounds like a really good opportunity. Really, really good opportunity. It also uh, brings up the story of how you uh, taught me how to play Legendary for the first time while we were in the that one pizza place. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, Good times. But two expansions, and I still haven't uh, had a chance to play it. It's just too much to set up. It's too much uh, to set dude, up. Well, you got to do that pre-sort ahead of time, and that's pretty quick. Uh, you just like that DC card-building game. I like them. Every, every time I see you, man, you're playing. You, I got a new expansion for this DC deck-building game. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as simple as easy, it could be done. It could be done within less than an hour. True, touche. Can't beat that. <clears throat> but yeah, I think we can all agree we'll definitely join you on your, at this uh, at your festival, sir. Because that sounds like a really good time. Yep, I'll be in cosplay. Um, I've convinced Jess and my girlfriend and several of her friends who are excellent cosplayers to be going there. Um, so hopefully we can get a real visual spectacle going on. And some of you who maybe missed out on the Baltimore Oticon because it's not in Baltimore anymore. Can come up here. It won't be the same thing, but it'll be something different and something exciting. And maybe check out. We've got a ton of really good graphic novels and different manga at the library that I don't think many people know about. And the more people who check it out, the more we can purchase. So <laughs> you got to bring it back, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have to bring it back. Unless if you check it out electronically through Hoopla, you know, if you have a digital version, it returns itself. Really? Yep. No fines on the digital versions. That is weird. Yeah, it's sort of weird because if you're like four pages left and your due date hits, it disappears out of your, your like iPod or phone or whatever you're reading it on. Well, um, you had to be connected online for that to, for it to do that? No, because it's built into the programming. You can't open it up anymore. Oh. I've tried it. I tried to disconnect from the <laughs> internet and be like, give me one more day. It doesn't work. <laughs> Try to find a loophole. Mm. But um, yeah, get, you do, come out to the event. You if have your phone. Take the if, pictures. If anybody has questions about Harford County Public Library's Comic Con, you can always give the Aberdeen Public Library a call, ask for Jake, or just say you have a question about Comic Con. They'll direct you to me. I'm happy to take calls, take questions. You can also email me at Hutton, Hutton at hcplonline.org. That's my work email, and I can answer questions on there too. Well, there you have it, people. Hopefully you guys will have me on again once it gets a little bit closer and I can talk about a couple of the specific things that we'll, we'll be doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely going to try to get some pictures. But Eric just had a freaking excellent idea. Take pictures of, like, your phone or the iPad of the pages to see if you're on the last couple pages. <laughs> I mean, it's That's free. true. It's got that glare. You can't take what's been captured. <laughs> I can't endorse that because I'm fairly certain that breach is some sort of copyright law, but I can see how that would be a workaround. 
All right, so we're just going to go ahead and jump in to start our show up uh, with the Washington Plate. I'm going to go through mine as quickly as possible. When I say quick as possible, probably like five to ten minutes. <laughs> uh, Jake, I don't know if you've been doing anything. Uh, you know I've been doing stuff, man. <laughs> uh, so, people know Destiny 2 came out. And, you know, according to Eric, I'm not going to play it, you know, because, you know, the the trope, the trope on Around the Geek is that, you know, Terrell doesn't play video games. He never has time for anything. He starts stuff and never finishes. Shut up. It's that a is lie. so rude, Terrell. <laughs> what? The trope is just you don't finish the game. That's all we get on you about. I thought it just stayed in plastic. I didn't know we even <laughs> they didn't even start it. <laughs> Dang, we give you I give you some credit, Terrell. I, and, the, and the top of all off, I said <laughs> How long are you gonna play it for, Terrell? A week? You were like two hours. I was like, Oh, okay. I was being sarcastic. I was being sarcastic. Sure. Gonna, <laughs> what comes out wait, wait, did you get Nat two already, Terrell? Was it? Did you get Nat two? No, I didn't really like the first one. I didn't really like the first knack. You, you seem like you're about. You see, uh, never mind. I, I was about to say because that's gonna be the other game that you end up. I mean, putting that all for Jake. Did you did you play the first knack? I do not even know what game you're talking about. It's um, I, I it's one of PS4's exclusives. It. it was kind of like the I'm subs- a PS4 man. It was like the, oh, yeah, that yeah, that explains everything. <laughs> anyway, you're like this kind of robot looking. Oh yeah, I remember bear. Warren showing yeah, me this song. It's, so I guess they they came out with two and they just kind of just dropped it on the fly like no it was hardly any advertising whatsoever it just came out like yesterday and my assumption okay, is this was like this was like PlayStation's attempt to recapture that like Crash Bandicoot platformer experience yeah those 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 mascot mascot characters they had on old consoles you know Mario Crash right you know all those whatever um, but yeah I'm not I don't see myself buying NAC two unless it goes on sale the library has it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the library will get it. But I guarantee not my library, maybe. But you know, I'm sure yeah. my A library will. <laughs> I guarantee you, Eric, that we I will continue to play Destiny Two through its life cycle. So trust me on that. I right, share whatever you say, Terrell. How how is Destiny Two, Terrell? So far, so good. I mean, my my internal clock puts me to sleep at twelve o'clock now, so I can't play it past twelve. But uh, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh. But it's, it's pretty good so far. It's pretty good. I mean, it's more of the same thing that you got from the first one, but better. Um, more more different abilities, more guns that look the same. Uh, <laughs> it's I, I don't know. I feel like that stuff, like when you put like a thousand guns on the game, it suffers from Borderlands syndrome where... It, I can it, see that. Yeah, like you play Borderlands, like every every gun feels I haven't like played, the, but I've seen clips, right? Yeah, everything, like the, all the guns feel the same to me. Like it, They look different, little, slightly, but they all feel the same to me. It's all stats. Yeah. But I mean, they, try to, they try to throw like little cosmetic stuff on there. But it, Destiny 2, whatever. Um, been watching uh, Parks and Rec again. Almost, oh, almost. Jess and I have been re-watching that too. That's funny. Why is that show so funny, man? Uh, <laughs> I have yet to watch that show. I like that show, but I've been more in a community rewatch thing. But Jess doesn't like community as much, so I have to watch that alone. Commu- community is hard for me to rewatch because I know where it's going after season you only, four. You only need, well, I only watched through season four, and the show's done. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I show, really... there's seasons after that. Not in my world. That's like uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. That doesn't exist. What, what what's that? I don't know what exactly. That is. What the last Highlander movie. <laughs> Or or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You know, there's only Indiana Jones number one and Indiana Jones number three. Just like there's only Community seasons one through four. 
Well, you know they're talking about doing another Indiana Jones. Ugh. Not rebooting it, but like having old Indy keep moving. Like, this guy's like 80 years old. It's no, he's not whipping anything like or jumping over cliffs. There's no way. It's too old. <laughs> but, what else I mean, you been up to I derailed us. That's my fault. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, he survived like two plane, plane crashes. Um, True. Parks and Rec. I, I don't know. It's just... That show, that show really gets me, man. I don't, I'm not like a, a crying guy, man, but a couple episodes got me a little tear up. It hit you up. in the feels, for yeah. sure. You know, the relationships in those shows really get you. Like the, the Andy feel very and, real. Yeah. yeah. Andy and April. Mm-hmm. They remind me of you two. Not really, but... I can yeah. see it. I can see it. There's some similarities there. A little bit less hate for every Y, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, been watching Westworld on HBO. I don't know if you guys have watched that at all. Nope. Nah, I've been, I'm still trying to catch up on those shows. Um, I looked on the library's website to see if there was a book thing related to that. I can't find anything, so I'm guessing that's original content. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like it, it's got to be based off a novel or something. Why? Why can't people have an original idea in the 21st century? It's 2017, bro. Everything is in the nostalgia pool. <laughs> Not everything. <laughs> it's like a big brewing part of nostalgia. <clears throat> um, Rick and Morty, the last episode that was really really uh, freaking funny. Oh, you don't like Rick and Morty? Is that what you're about to say? No, I've been loving Rick and Morty, dude. Oh. Well, you should listen. We, <clears throat> When you get a chance, we did a whole thing with uh, one of the directors of Rick and Morty. That's on the really? website. Yeah, you should check. We did an interview with him. You should uh, check that no, out. Okay. No, check that's, it out. The last episode was the when they pulled the toxins out of themselves. And then they realized yep. okay, that they, the toxins were actually effect, uh, helping them positively. No, Morty mm-hmm. was still acting like a like a... Little whatever. It, de- it depends on what they what they consider as toxins, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Final Fantasy Twelve and playing that. Checked it off in the library. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> you got a theme for this episode, apparently. right? <laughs> um, yeah. Re- so re- apparently, re- Westworld might be based on a Michael Crichton novel from 1973 called Westworld, and then I think. Um, yeah, I think there's also yeah the original work 1973 Westworld. Okay, yeah, so I think there I seen go. that and I was like, nah, this can't be it because I'm thinking it's based upon like a graphic novel or you know a comic. Apparently not. So, whatever. That means uh, we're gonna get a Game of Thrones ending to that show where they just kind of make up what they want. I was gonna say where it doesn't end and the author just walks away and says he doesn't <laughs> care about people. <laughs> Wait, did he really? Basically. You know how long I've been waiting for that next book? I've been reading... Oh, you're getting me on the Game of Thrones kick, right? Okay, so... So, I've been reading Game of Thrones since I was 13 years old, Terrell. Alright? When I first started, the fourth book was released a year after I first started the series. Because I read the first, uh, like, three books in, like, like a month. And then I read the fourth book, and I was like, great, when's the next book coming out? You know when the next book came out, Terrell? When I was a senior in college. (laughs) A senior in college, Terrell. So wow. that's how long it's been since I've been a senior in college, Terrell. It's five, six years. It's been five years. No, wait. I think it's yeah, but been five years, and there is no release date for that book yet. You know how long they've been showing previews for that book since the fifth book came out. They've been showing previews that the sixth book is coming soon. I don't think he's going to release it. He spends too much time releasing prequels, talking about the. The previous ca- the characters in the past and different stuff like that. I think he has no interest in releasing it. Hmm. Now let me ask you a question before we before I move on. 
that <clears throat> the I have book, not been watching the show, just as a heads up. I, I wasn't going to make a reference to the show. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. <clears throat> the fourth book, did it, when by the time you got back in the rereading it, did it feel like the same writing? Did it feel like a different writer yeah. reading the book? So have, the book? You, have you heard my theory on George R. R. Martin and Game of Thrones? This is no. something that, okay. So, so Game of Thrones, the first three books were written and start to gain popularity, but then George R. R. Martin started writing for the show Lost. Um, and I've never seen Lost, but I heard everybody hated the ending of Lost. George R. R. Martin, before he wrote Game of Thrones, was a science fiction writer. A lot of his previous work was science fiction. Writes Game, writes Game of Thrones, gained a lot of steam in like the fantasy novel community, but not in like popular mainstream culture. Then he writes Lost, naturally because he's writing for Lost, he has to take a brief break from writing his novels. Everybody hates the ending of Lost, and then suddenly in the fourth book, the tone and the way the writing is written feels very, very different. And I think, and my buddy Arthur and I sort of came up with this theory, mostly Arthur, and I just sort of agree with him, but I think he originally planned a similar ending for Game of Thrones that he had planned for Lost, where it became very science fiction-y, and I heard Lost has some time travel in it or something like that. And when people hated it, George R. R. Martin realized that his ending for Game of Thrones was also going to get hated on, but he didn't know how to finish it. And since then, he sort of expanded on this foundation, because the original projection was seven books. But I think he's written himself into this corner where he's expanded on the world so much, it's not possible to end it in seven books, so he doesn't know how to end it. So he's just been expanding, 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 hoping people will just get lost. <laughs> wow. I, I see what he did there. Wow. Because he spends a lot of time in interviews and on Twitter and stuff like that, just tweaking the noses of fans, telling them he doesn't owe them anything, he doesn't need to be writing the book, showing he's doing everything but writing the book, showing he doesn't he doesn't have a timeline. He said repeatedly that once he finishes the series, no one's going to care how long it, it took him to get it out. But the the fact is, is like he's reaching a point right now where I don't know if he has it in him to finish the series. Like, how many more years does he have? He's got to be aware of that. Um, and I think what's going to happen, the show's going to finish, either one or two things are going to happen. He's going to release all the books in a short run after that to take advantage of the hype from the show ending. Or he's going to say, you know what? Show made me enough money. I'm going to sell my notes because I'm too exhausted to write the rest of the books. I'm going to sell them to someone. And then he's going to pass off these notes to someone. I'm putting this in quotation marks because I don't think he actually has an end planned anymore. <laughs> Yo, know, this that is the most heavy use of, of uh, quotations I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like like Doctor Evil over here. Um, that's, that's, crazy. that's my Game of Thrones theory. So I, I'm I'm gonna binge the show after the final season comes out in two years. But other than that, I don't think he's gonna put out another book, dude. Oh, well, I'm glad I didn't finish reading the books then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> back to Final Fantasy Twelve, Eric, you've played it, right? No. They have... Um, this is kind of like 14 before 14 existed. Uh, um, yeah, no. Kind of like the, how, the, how the combat system is. But with the job class, you can only pick one job class for your character. Um, and so, like, right off the break, you gotta pick a class, like, and then you can't change it throughout the 40-plus hours of the game. Um, and I believe you can do a subclass. I'm not liking it, um, but I'm going to continue to play it because I got it for free from the library. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the last reference I'm going to make. It's lies. Um, been playing Sonic Mania, which is the re, re, um, remade Sonic game they just did 
with new remix music and everything like that. It's really good. I wouldn't really call it new uh, remix because it's not. Oh, explain. They're like Sonic Mania is. They have new. They have some original levels in there. Mm-hmm. It's a, the plot is di- the plot is different. The music is kind of redone, but I mean they took a bunch of people who enjoyed the original Sonic games and allowed them to make this game with its own original story and everything. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> How long did you play the game for? Uh, about three hours. And you didn't realize this? Mm. You didn't realize the Green Hill Zone uh, Act 2 looked a little different? No, because I really didn't play a lot of Sonic growing up uh, because it was too hard. Damn. It was hard. It was hard. The game was cheap. Like Every time I got to the level with the water, I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's fair. Sky Zone? Yeah. Um, of course you know I've been playing Mario Plus Rabbits and this time I actually played it Eric Um, (laughs) (laughs) because last time you only got the opening credits (laughs) (laughs) that's why I said that's why I tried to delete it I didn't even want to talk about it Um, it plays like XCOM but XCOM of course XCOM is harder is Doug gonna shut up yeah I'm fully aware um. So I, it's it's been a tough time, man. Because I don't, the game is ridiculous. Like Mario jumping out of pipes. And... Hey Terrell. Yeah. Here you. <laughs> Tell your dog to shut up. I know. I just Why had to. Whining? I just had to throw a, a duster at him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was that was my that was pretty much my week, man. Me going to play more Destiny after this. Eric. <laughs> well, I uh, due to the, uh, was it Pack Pack West Pax. last weekend? Um, yeah, Packs. Shut up, Terrell. Due to Packs, I a PlayStation that was having a sale, and I decided, you know, I had the XCOM two bundle with like three DLCs for thirty bucks. I'm like, and it's originally like eighty dollars. I couldn't pass that deal up, so I bought that. Been <sighs> struggling, trying to remember how to play the game, trying to get used to the, some of the new stuff, trying not to have my entire squad die every mission, so I'm constantly loading old save files, trying to figure out how I'm going to make each mission different. Sometimes I have to take that L and have and have um, a character die, which in this game, which makes me upset, it's, always, it's almost always my ranger. Ugh, Every yep. time I get a ranger class, they're the first ones to die, and I don't know why. It makes feels me, it makes like me that, real upset. I feel like that game has like some type of mental link, and the person you focus on the most not to die, they focus on the most. <laughs> like that's then that then the game doesn't have a good mental link at all. <laughs> because if that was the case, my sniper would always be the one dead. <laughs> why do you want your sniper to die, bro? Why do you want the sniper to die? <laughs> I don't. Jake, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, so, I'm in this group chat for the uh, D&D campaign. <laughs> One of our players asks, asks Jake is our DM. He's like, he's like, what's the starting goal? Jake's like, my dick. <laughs> I don't even know why that was so funny. <laughs> 
Where do we go to get there? <laughs> no, I'm because I'm, I just, I'm, I'm reading that doesn't, even, that doesn't even sound like Jake. That's how I know that's a lie. He would never make a crude joke like that. You don't know Jake at all. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't want my sniper to die. That's why my sniper stays back half the time. Or actually, Dude, like, 95 Yep. Yes. <laughs> So my sniper doesn't get in too many combat. So he, so naturally he does. He stays in most of my fights. My ranger, on the other hand, they just seem to target him, and I can't. And I don't even want him targeted half the time. But lo and behold, every time I throw him out in the battlefield, I have to take that L and have him die. I, here's an example. One mission in particular, I had a ranger. I got into this. I got into a fight. They killed my ranger. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna load, I'm gonna load the game up again, because I hate when they kill, I hate when they kill my peoples. I really do. Makes it really hard. It makes it really hard. Is it cheap? Yes, but the game is XCOM, so people, are, people do this <laughs> all the time. They literally have save files for like every turn, for like the last three turns. So that's Makes how you know people do this all the time. So cheap. I load the old file, huh? I said it's kind of cheap. What you say, Terrell? It's cheap. Have you played XCOM? Yes, I do. I own XCOM too. Thank you. Yeah, that's not what I asked. I you. was gonna say he didn't ask if you owned it, dude. He asked if you played it. Warren yes, I have. Yes, I've played it. Yes, I have played it. <laughs> How far? I'm sorry, Terrell. You're catching a lot of flack on this episode. I'm gonna have to direct some of that Eric's way. Uh, um, I got. I mean, past you can the, try. Jake, I got past I, the I tutorial. Did a, I did this. I got time. past the tutorial, sir. <clears throat> Go on. That was it. <laughs> Jake, you see why I give him flack now? You see why I do this? Hey, man. Blows more hot air than a hot air balloon. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so I reload I reload the file. I'm like, all right. So I'm going to move the character. Because he was kind of like behind cover, but not. He was like on cover from one area, but not the, but not his side. So I move him to, you know, cover behind his side because I didn't want him to die. I was like, all right, cool. So do the whole fight sequence again. Gets to the same character. The enemy misses. Happens to hit the car that he's covering behind. I'm thinking to myself, all right, I should have an entire turn before this car blows up. It gets back to my turn. What's the first thing that happens? The car blows up. Kills my character who only had oh, two yeah, health. That's the worst. Had two health left. Couldn't even have time to heal. And I sat there, thought to my thoughts to myself. I said, so. I have two. I could try and reload this again and lose my shot. Or I could just take this L and finish the mission. I was like, screw it. I'm going to just have to take that L because everything else worked out perfectly fine with three Yeah, people. that's what you got to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's, it's XCOM. And the, the game didn't know it was hard. It wouldn't give you multiple save files every turn. And you're playing that game on normal difficulty, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's That's the crazy part. The crazy part is it took me so long to figure out what I have to do in this one because it's kind of different from the first one that I am pretty much on the edge of already losing wow. my first go around because I messed up. So now I'm trying to play catch up, trying to hurry up and get all this stuff done to try and prevent myself from so game over. Start on the better foot ahead. Huh? This is when you like restart so you can. I would love to. Your skills are sharper, you know. Yeah, I would love to, but I've already invested a little bit too much time in getting my sniper right where I wanted him. 
Mm, your sniper, I understand. Your sniper's gonna die, bro. That's that's what you're telling me. Your sniper's gonna die. See, my my sniper will never die because my sniper is never close enough to combat to get hit. Mm, that's valid. That's valid. And I think in in all of my gameplay, I think I lost my main sniper probably three times by some random fluke. But it, my my nick my sniper has a nickname called Needle. He has a uh, cowboy's hat that has the side tilted up. He looks pretty awesome. He has a bald head. So, you're, <laughs> so your sniper's a racist? I custom, no. I customized <laughs> my sniper to look like what I think a sniper would look like in the field. A racist? But, um, shut up, Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much been like my game of choice all week because I do not have the funds to get Destiny 2 yet to outplay Terrell. Oh my god. <laughs> You gonna buy worry, sarcastically not, to to, uh, to prove that you that, that I'm not gonna play the game? That's gonna be hard to. Do. The only reason <laughs> this is gonna be hard to do now is because I'm gonna have to start working two jobs, so I'm not gonna have the time to actually outplay you as quickly. <laughs> but um, been also been watching Silicon Valley again, made it to season four. I'm proud of you. And thank you, thank you. And Dinesh and Gilfoyle, I I. I know they, they're like the funniest one of the funniest like duos I've ever seen on television who's the writer for that show Mike Judge From the guy who did King of the Hill King of the Hill yeah like it, it's awkward like I'm, I'm surprised at how good he I didn't really I didn't just know he could write so well because you, when you write King of the Hill such dry humor you know what you're right <laughs> and like watching this show it's it's a lot of te- it's a, te- a lot of technical jargon to an extent, but not not enough to where you get lost. Not not like not enough to where you get lost. But I'm also it also ha- half the time makes me really feel awkward. But I mean, like I enjoy watching that show. Oh, I want to comfortable. Shut up. <laughs> and then last but not least, I uh, rewatched Deep Blue Sea. With uh, LL Cool J, yeah, that's a good movie right there, sir. Yeah, Jake, I, have you seen I, Deep Blue movie, I was like ten. I have not. What? <laughs> that is the one of the first recorded in Black history movies of a black character surviving in a shark movie to the <laughs> end of the movie. How many shark movies are there with many black characters? I'm I only sure see Jaws. A, I'm sure that's a lot. I don't think any. I don't think there were any black people in Jaws. It weren't. <laughs> <laughs> there were any black people. The shark, maybe. I don't. <laughs> um, but that's a good. You know movie, the original man. Night of the Living Dead. The black guy survived to the end. I I think you might be right. Was he, that the I one? Right. I've, with, I've seen that. It's like the one of the first zombie movies. He gets shot in the with, head by a bunch of humans who think he's a zombie. Think he's a zombie. Using those <laughs> quotations, but. Were they wearing like uniforms of some sort? They were like police officer. Oh man, you know, that's the, crazy! The, the, <laughs> yeah, but but like because like George Romero made the movie specifically to talk about issues, um, and it was purposeful that the black guy survived at the end by being smart, while everybody else was being dumb, and they get shot by a bunch of you know militia men. <laughs> I've I've never seen the movie. movie. I've never seen the movie. It's I would definitely so good, watch dude. it. Yeah. 
it's black and white, but it's super good because it works. Because most of the horror isn't about the zombies; it's about dealing with a bunch of random people getting stuck in a house with you. Okay, so it's not Walking Dead for two it's, hours. No. Okay. What is with people? In, why you say it like that? Um, I, well, I haven't watched Walking Dead since season two, but the I don't know. It's not that. I'm, I mean, I meant Terrell. I've seen the original Night, Night of the Living Dead too. I saw that like uh, years ago. Why Terrell say Walking Dead for two hours? Oh, the 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 tone and the pacing of Walking Dead has changed since season four to me. Um, I mean, it's always but been. It, it's always even been in the more, comics. It's like this. It's the same way. I don't know. I, I I feel like when they first started it off, it it was a big action piece thing, and then of course you know the 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 story is within the people and not. You know, not the action as you know them them surviving and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's something something feels off about it. Something something feels me. off. It's a, it's all about the writing. So I'm not gonna sit here like like you can't expect a bunch of people to have to constantly get into combat with zombies with limited ammo. Limited ammo, like you can't keep using reusing the weapons because it's going to dull all over. They time. constantly got ammo. Who are you talking about? Not all the time. Every episode. Like you, if, you, if no, because not every episode they have fighting. Sometimes they have to be smart about it. But it's but there's the zombies are like side characters. I haven't seen they're that one episode where they didn't have bullets. The zombies are the setting, not the main catalyst for a conflict. <laughs> yeah, because not the. It's like you know what they're going to do. You don't know what the, the next, what Negan's gonna do. You don't know what uh, the governor's gonna do, and that's where you draw it, and that's where the a- the action comes from. True. What else you got? And I think that's and that, if I want to say season four, that's right around the time they got to the prison, right? Yeah. Well, they that that's probably why it's not they're not like the first three seasons they're like moving from spot to spot. Yeah. Well, season two they're in, in um the farm. The, yeah, the farm. It was just like talking, talking, most- talking. We're gonna die, man. We're gonna die. Please kill me. We're gonna die. Oh man, you're in love with my wife. Hey, you were my best friend. You're in love with my wife. Man, I don't know who to choose. It's, pro- it's probably not my kid. But I, thought, I don't care. I thought you were dead. <laughs> so it's okay, well, that right? That's a logical reason. <laughs> so it's like okay. I thought you were. Yeah, it's like I thought you were dead. Well, now I'm not. Well, this is awkward. Well. Now after this, I need to le- I need to look up the legal uh, amount of wait time that you have to wait until after <laughs> your best friend dies to sleep with his wife. That's what... it's got to at least be over a year, right? Like you can't just jump into that like three weeks later, which is kind of what it seemed like. We don't we don't actually get a specific time frame. We it know wasn't that... it wasn't more than a year. Yeah, it, it wasn't, really was. It, it might it have had been to six been months. like no, I would have said at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, nah, come on, bro. Maybe maybe a couple maybe like three or four months. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I'll agree with a couple of. Them. No, it doesn't seem that doesn't that's seem logical still, either. That's still not that long, Carl. Because Carl even knows. because all they managed you mean to tell me in three to four months they've all they managed to do is get out this get to the outskirts of the city. I mean, they're walking, bro. <laughs> like, that far of a walk. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, but anything else, Eric? <laughs> Uh, there is one thing I did notice from the first season compared to now. <laughs> if you ever watched the first season of The Walking Dead, the 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 walk the zombies actually ran. Oh. They don't run anymore. I remember. Yeah, I, I, I did was, not notice that. 
the only reason I noticed that is because I was watching Fear the Walking Dead, and they just kind of shuffled along. And and those were newer, and those were like newly turned zombies. And I remember for some reason I started. I rewatched the first couple of episodes when Rick and um Morty. <laughs> All right, guys. I can't think of um the other the, the Asian kid's name. Glenn. There we go. It's been a while. Uh, they were leaving. They're trying to escape this. They're trying to run away from it, and they had to. They had all that zombie blood stuff on, and they were just kind of like, "We're making it through." And it's, then, out of a, the stroke of luck, look, passing rain, and all the zombies started running after them. I was like, "When did they? Like they ran at the beginning." I'm gonna just look, shuffle. I'm gonna have to look that up when I get a chance. But yeah, that's um that's been my list of three. It's been really uh anticlimactic outside of XCOM for me. <laughs> Eric, I mean Jake, did you have anything? Oh yeah, I got things. I do stuff. What? <laughs> so he does I, rec- too. I recently watched Shin Godzilla. You guys I keep that? seeing I keep seeing that. I've been wanting to check it out. It's like a new Godzilla from Japan, directed by the guy who did the Neon Genesis Evangelion movies. Um, so you know it's got like a bit of a weird feel to it, but it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beginning is a little dull because it's a lot of um, bureaucratic stuff with the Japanese government. Because basically, the center point of the movie is to show off how incompetent the Japanese government is to responding to this because they have to go through all these different steps to get anything done. Um, but there's some really, really awesome sequences where, like, Godzilla starts off as this weird lungfish and then, like, evolves suddenly when he hits land um, <laughs> and takes on, like, the whole Japanese uh, special defense forces. Um, it's really, really cool. It's decent. It's well worth watching. I don't know if it's worth owning, but the library had it. <laughs> is this is this a origin story for Godzilla? This is like a retelling origin story? I don't know how it falls. Like, they didn't know who Godzilla was when it popped up. So I think it's just a standalone thing. Okay. Um, But it's sort of interesting because the Godzilla looks really different than what you see in in most of the stuff. He's got these weird... I'll send you guys a picture. But he's got these weird, like, red glowing parts. um, And, like... Almost like I, I don't know. It's really tough to explain. He it's it's darker and sort of the Godzilla is just uh, grosser. Um, <laughs> does he shoot flames? He shoots a lightning beam, basically. Nice enough. No, um, it's not. You mean there is a really? It does have a really weird moment where like he has these googly eyes, and it is hilarious. You guys got to see this. Um, so they do the guy in the suit thing? I don't know how they did it. I thought they that's what was going on, but there's moments where the, the movement seemed too together. But I'm not positive. I'm at to definitely check that out. It was good. It's worth watching. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Did you guys see that second image I sent you with the, the bugged out eyes? I'm looking at it now. <laughs> so you you mentioned uh, that, that was, it's made by the guy who did uh, the Evangelion. So does it have like yeah. that weird jerk off scene at the beginning or no? It does not. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it sort of has like a weird feel. Um, and Jess said a lot of the background music was from Evangelion. So 
which I thought I didn't notice it, but she she was like, "This is the song that plays when this happens." I was like, "Okay, nerd, <laughs> nerds." Um, but I, I really like that. We watched a bunch of kung fu movies for my birthday. Um, so I got Thirteen Assassins, The Man from Nowhere, The Raid Two. Um, we watched the first Roni Kenshin movie, Thirteen Assassins, and The Raid. And I've been trying to watch the rest of the Roni Kenshin movies. I've seen all of them already, um, but they're real good. I've only seen uh, the first one so far. I didn't even realize they had more. Oh yeah, two and three are out. Uh, I got them on Blu-ray. Um, they're they're awesome. I actually like those live-action movies better than the anime. If I'm being honest, because um, it's just darker and more mature. That's uh, other than. Well, I mean, like, if you watch, like, the Roroni Kenshin, like, anime, it has more of that Saturday morning cartoon feel, where there aren't that many, like, long-term plots that go on, especially in the first, like, 40 episodes, because that's as far as I could force myself to go. And there's a lot of weird, like, characters that pop up just for one episode, and then all the characters say, we'll see you again soon, and then they never pop up again. It sounds you know? like Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> what, what characters Ooh. do that Yu Yu Hakusho, Terrell? <laughs> Coming at me hard over here. What happened to Rando? <laughs> what happened Rando, to Rando got beat up. They didn't say we'll see you again. They killed Rando. <laughs> Die. Oh yeah, you know what? No, he got he got he miniature he miniaturized himself. He miniaturized and then Yusuke pile drived him and then they took him away to arrest him. He wasn't coming back. They didn't leave on good terms. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um other than that, I've been playing Heroes of Might and Magic 3 on my computer and Overwatch. I've been playing on that's pretty much what I've been doing. Yeah, Overwatch is apparently getting a couple new modes. Yeah, they're doing some playtesting for um for some different characters and they did some tweaking after Doomfist came out to a couple other characters. So I've been playing that. That's a lot of fun. Um can't wait for Warhammer Total War 2 is coming out at the end of the month. So I took some vacation time when that releases to <laughs> you know to do yes. that. Hey, you'll get on your girlfriend for being a nerd. <laughs> I didn't so say I wasn't a nerd. <laughs> she she knew the music. Um, thir- 13 Assassins, what, you rented that or that? I own it. You own it. Yeah, now, is, is that the same? I mean, I've never heard that movie. I'm thinking you were talking about like, you know, um, it's another movie. It's a remake of an older Japanese movie. Um, Basically, these 13 samurai decide they have to assassinate the Shogun's um, son or brother. I can't remember which is. A relative of the Shogun because he's basically um, using his power to torment and torture people. And nobody can do anything because of the hierarchy and the like honor system in Japan. If yeah. They can't like do anything about it because if they do, they get dishonored and like their, their power falls or whatever. So they... They get together a group of samurai that don't have any major ties to, as the heads of family. And these 13 samurai are going to assassinate this guy who's got like 70 bodyguards. So they think it's going to be pretty tough. And then they get, they basically booby trap the heck out of this town. It has this huge fight scene at the end. Super, super good. Now I want to see that. It's amazing. (laughs) When you said that, I was thinking about um, seven samurai. Nah, no, that's an. Now, thirteen assassins is like it's like two and a half hours. Super good, well worth it. So it's not is it uh, which is, is it in like that lone wolf and cub universe? So it's completely different. Uh... No, it's just in a historical time period of Japan. Okay, 
I gotta look that up, man. Yeah, it's real good. It, I don't. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. That's where I first saw it. Yeah, I'm gonna look that. They up. have an anime for that. For Which Thirteen one? Assassins. Yeah. It's called 13, 13 Samurai, or something like that. That's a different thing, I think. Nah, it's it's actually the it's the same thing. Cause I looked it up. Oh, it's just like an anime. Ver- interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's named differently. It has more of a steampunk feel to it. So I went to watch 13 Assassins because of that's what it was based off of. Uh, and okay. I got like 10 minutes in. I was like, I can't do this. Like, it's, no. it's still on, it's still on it's Netflix. A, it's been on my queue for like two years. It's real good. Um, other than that, those, we've been playing D&D, uh, and that's been, that's been good. Party's almost getting done the adventure we've been playing for, what, two years now? Jesus. It has really been that long. <laughs> I think it has, man. That's progress. It usually takes you about five. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had several gaps, mostly due to me, that where we didn't play for like a month and a half, um, which really set us back. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited. The parties gathered the three artifacts they need in order to defeat Strahd von Zarovich, um, who's like the vampire overlord of this pocket dimension they got transported to. Ooh. And now they've got to finish clearing out this dungeon to try to help this guy resurrect his dead sister because he's agreed to help them in Strahd's castle if they do that. And then once they do that, they just cut to uh, Strahd's um, castle and hope he doesn't kill them before they kill him. Oh, I guess they... Who says we have to go to his castle? We can draw him. We can draw him out. You think? He's strong. He's been coming after us since the day we started playing this game. Specifically, oh, <laughs> after uh, Maximilius butt kissed the third. Yep. The fourteenth. Fourteenth, I think. The fourteenth. Kevin. Specifically him. Yeah. Specifically him. The rest of us have been managing to uh, not combat him as if much. people want to check out our adventures in that i got a blog where i've been basically posting i haven't posted the last i think two sessions but it's uh the room fills with water dot wordpress dot com the room fills with water dot, dot wordpress dot word, com wordpress or wordpress wordpress dot com yep okay we're gonna move on <laughs> <laughs> to a couple things i'm just gonna go through it, and then we're gonna jump right into our main topic um <clears throat> One thing was in that I seen that I thought was ridiculous is that Rockstar is bringing back L.A. Noir to the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Anybody remember that? I do. Nope. I think it's ridiculous. Everybody's I didn't think doing. it was that good. I, I honestly didn't think the game was that good, and didn't think that it need. I honestly, don't need it. I mean, the Switch needs all the games it can get because I mean it's a good console. But <laughs> I don't think L.A. Noir was that good. It's definitely not one of Rockstar's best games. And it's not one of those games I think that needs to get like an HD freaking remaster. <laughs> so I, just, I don't know. I just, I just felt some type of way about that. I just didn't. I think it's a waste of time. I don't. I don't think it's going to sell. Hey, Jake, I don't know if you remember. I mean, or not. I remember seeing it, but I never played it. Yeah, you play as you play as a cop that's cheating on his wife, has his whole moral high ground, but he can't say can't say nothing because he's a piece of trash. And, you know, you're going out trying to solve everybody else's problem. And then they had this whole thing where they wanted you to read people's faces and tell if they were lying or not. That was like the that was like mm-hmm. the big thing in the game. It sucks. I hate that game. Um, yeah, that, that, that whole genre just doesn't doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Um, they're bringing back Capcom Puzzle Fighter for mobile. Um, I, I mean, I like the game. I hate it because Warren used to beat me on it all the time because he's a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I, I, I hope they don't mess that up like they they doing with Marvel vs. Capcom, but that's just me. Um, they just if Nintendo just did their Nindies thing. Um, why they trying to be cute? Nintendo Indies. Um, they call them Nindies. Uh, <laughs> and they're uh, releasing No More Heroes, which we knew, but they actually showed like a little trailer um, for it. I've never played No More Heroes before in my life. I know Eric and Warren has played it. Heard it's pretty Excuse good. Excuse you. You've never did what? I've never played. Yeah, no I've more never heroes. played it either. I, I, Jake, I, I understand why you have it. Terrell, <laughs> what the, the game, heck, man? The game has never come across my way. You know, I worked at I worked at GameStop, what? man. I never played it. That is complete. And wasn't it on the Wii? Uh, wasn't it on the Wii? Yes. That's even more reason for me not to play it. It's on the Wii. But you have a Wii U. Is I, it? So you never owned a Wii. I did own a Wii. I've bought two of and you've them. Never, and you've never played No More Heroes. I've never played No More Heroes. Did you play Mad World? No. Oh my gosh, why am I talking to you? I never played it. You gonna spit uh, on me through the through the mic? Jesus, I never played if it. If I could, I, if I could, I would. You <laughs> hurt my like feelings. I just, I've never, I know, I mean, I know who Travis Touchdown is, but I've never, never played the game. It's not like I'm telling you I'm a virgin or nothing. Just tell me I'm not a played the game. I just did. Jeez, like like No More Heroes is supposed to be the game to take away my virginity of video games. Like, oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> but fine. Whatever. Oh, Whatever. Do what the first want. game Terrell tr- finally beats. Oh my god. Stop it. I've finished a lot of games. Stop <laughs> <laughs> um, this girlfriend. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I didn't know if you heard me or not. <laughs> Um, jumping on the anime news, five people were arrested for for illegally scanning One Piece. They finally caught them, and they're getting ten years imprisonment. Wow! You know, I read that earlier, and they told they slammed said three. I'm like, when did it jump up to five? Yeah, it's ten. Because they were they were making profit off the off the the scans. No, 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 advertisement. I, no, I thought there was three people they caught. I just like I didn't it know was, when it. Yeah, jumped. it was five people. It was five people. I so it early. It's yeah, it's so they would have been good if it was just on there and they wasn't making money, but they were making a ton of money off of illegal mm-hmm. scans. So apparently, whoever it was was giving them the, the uh, you know, the, the mangas was falling off off the truck a day early and they were scanning them and then posting them online, of course, like the day huh. before or whatever. And they were putting them on their sites, of course. And I think they were pissed off because they were getting more traffic than the actual uh, Shonen Jump website. Uh, okay. So they that's how they got caught up and then of course like I said with with them making um, money off of off their website by by using that they they wind up getting jammed up so they're in jail so don't uh don't support those illegal uh mangas people just go to your local library pick it up it's a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's exactly why I put that on there just so I can transition into that <laughs> um and of course, I don't know if you guys have been reading Black Clover, but that's uh, getting an anime that's coming out uh, next month. I've been read, I've been, I've been picking that up from the library, all six volumes, and I read all of those, and they're that's a really, really good manga so far. Has the typical shonen tropes going so far, but it's, I think it has the ability to definitely stand on stand on its own and be the next Naruto or One Piece. You know, it's its own thing going forward, um, and can develop its own, its identity. It, it, 
if you get a chance, Jake, I say check out the first volume. If you don't like it, put it down. But I think it's really good. It's something that you would get into. And I need to read Tokyo Ghoul. Apparently that's good. I've liked Tokyo Ghoul quite a bit. Uh, good ending or bad ending? Because they just released the last volume. I uh, I'm not. I'm not caught up. <laughs> oh okay. Because I remember. I remember coming up your house. You had like all the the volumes. So I know. I've got like one through three on my shelf, and I've read up through I think ten. I uh, believe thirteen or fourteen is the last one. Mm, so I have to. I was reading ten, and I was forgetting stuff from the earlier parts. So basically, I was like, I gotta go re- reread these because it's been such a big gap since I read like. Volume 9 and 10, basically. Okay. Well, that was pretty much all I had there. Uh, Going to jump into our (laughs) main topic. We're getting into our Reading Rainbow segment of the show. Uh, (laughs) Reading Rainbow. Just Just take a look. I I mean, just more so. In a block. (laughs) It's been years since I've heard that theme song. Give me a break. Terrell, who sings the Reading Rainbow theme song? And by sings, I mean who's on the show, right? Isn't LeVar Burton on the Reading Rainbow? LeVar Burton, Jody. Yep. Yeah, that's the From the yep. Star Trek The Next Generation. I know you watched that show growing up, right? Star Trek The Next Generation or Reading yeah. Rainbow? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, just basically, you know, just going over, you know, recent comics that that we read and what's worth the recommendation what how do you determine the criteria of like what do you recommend is it is it more so off your personal or this is you doing re- research to find out what's what's worth the read and you kind of just advertise it to everybody all right um so the number one way i find new stuff to read and stuff to recommend to people is by the cover um which i know is probably shocking because a lot of people say don't judge a book by its cover but you're i judge shallow, all my sir. books hmm? so you're very shallow there's so many books out there it, it you gotta find something right and yeah. that's the quickest and easiest way to be like all right this has a giant sword on the front there's going to be a giant sword in the story i'm intrigued but if it's just like a dude in a suit sitting behind a desk with books in front of them those be the best stories though those be the best stories <laughs> like um that that's probably the number one way i start off i also I have a Goodreads account, and Goodreads will give you like recommendations based on based on your read list and why. So I keep an eye out for that, and then a lot of like just hearing what's good um, through my work. I get a lot of professional literature where it's highlighting different books and stuff. Um, my work has Otaku USA, the magazine, so I read that for reviews to keep an eye out for manga. Um, Six issues a year, often word of mouth. <laughs> yep. Yep, and I, uh, you know, sometimes just grab something on a whim and say, "Let me give this a try." Flip through it a little bit. Flick, flick. I often will also not finish things, so if something doesn't grab my attention within like the first, say, fifteen twenty percent of something, I just put it. I return it. Stop reading it. There's too much good stuff out there to waste your time on something mediocre. No, I believe you. I believe yeah. you a lot. No, what I... about you guys? How do you how do you find new stuff? Um, usually when you go, when I'm looking, especially if I'm on the libraries thing that they also do like recommendations of what I read or I'll look by author, but, um, you know, mainly because I read a lot of comics, I'm I'm usually knowing what to jump on next, like what the next Mm -hmm. big thing is. 
Um, for, so, like I was just telling you earlier about uh, Mark Millar, the guy who, who wrote Wanted and everything else, he had a new book that came out called Reborn. Now, he's not a he's not a writer that that does like a long running series. He usually does like six or seven books and he's out. And that's that's the right. whole book. Like he's done. Um, but Reborn was another another series that he you know I was really anticipating, and because I I, I know what they expect from him. So usually I I usually follow writer and the artist. I usually follow the writer and the artist. If I if I see like some uh, some Alex Ross, I, I I don't even care who's writing because I, the artwork is that attractive to me that I want to open that book up. And he's done, right. and he's done a lot of stuff that I really yeah. really like. Uh, Justice Chris, Chris Claremont Marvel. stuff with uh, X Men is that for me? If Chris Claremont wrote it, I'm gonna give it a try. Didn't he write uh um Jesus um Dark who, Phoenix Saga? <sighs> That was that was that wasn't the le- the latest thing. It was something with like Jean Grey's daughter, or I don't know. Yeah. I've been reading a lot of his older stuff from like the late eighties, early nineties. So I, that's that's been mainly like the main two ways that I've been determining what I read. And like I just told you earlier, I got like seventy books checked out from the library for no right. reason. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot of catching up. Do on top of that, I still have a regular subscription to comics that I read, um, and I typically like to go out of the Marvel and DC zone now. Um like I've picked like I've been picking up a lot of image stuff. Um I've been reading Did you cut out Can you hear me? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah I've been uh been reading a lot of uh a lot of image. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they want they want Great. me to do some work. Can you hear me? Um Jake, late. Are we? Is, is it still, is still going, there? Terrell? Yeah, I'm still. Yeah, I'm still there. Okay, let me let me finish <laughs> I what know, I was saying been, first. Um, <laughs> I, I was like I said, I was reading Six Sex Criminals, which is done by Image, East of West, and Shutter, and they're like you know I don't I don't want to consider Image like an independent comic thing now, but you know they're they're mm-hmm. they're getting up there and they have a, they're getting a lot of their movies done they're getting a lot of they got a lot of talk for their getting their movies done they're about to be the next big thing and a lot of those books are books that people wouldn't normally pick up that i've that i've been reading um so a lot of stuff has been through like i said image comics like bitch planet i wouldn't even think to read that in a thousand years that is literally a comic about uh i just saw that book yeah i went to the comic book store last weekend so from from what i what i've been reading uh pretty much if you don't do what your husband tells you to do, you get shipped to a planet specifically full of women. <laughs> the, the the laws are completely ridiculous. I, I, I highly recommend that if you get a chance. And that's, it's in the library, surprisingly. Like You could look up Bitch Planet and you can read it. So, I've seen it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, what are you about to say? Um, for me, is I, I, mine is a bit weird. I normally have like for me when for me to read something, I normally have to watch it first. So, okay, watch it or play it. So in this case, um, so you need some pre context to draw you in. Yeah. So for me, um, one that really stands out is the very first Gears of War game, because for me, it, when when I play, um, you you two have played that whole game through, right? Yes, sir. Yes. So you know how the first game literally drop you in a world. You don't know what anything happens. You played through the whole game, and they still don't explain a single thing. Not until the second yep. one. 
So as a result of that, I'll, as a result of that, and I played that game so much, I ended up picking up the book uh, at Asphalt Fields just so I could read, just so I could learn what's going on. And they had multiple books. I only made I made it to like the second or third one, and I just couldn't. Right. And I I could not. I, I would get to the stand at the same spot in every book, and for some reason I put it down and never finish it. Uh, I understand what um, you but mean that, by that I, too. Because the Witcher, uh, the yeah. Witcher got me with that. I I didn't even realize the Witcher was based off of a series of books before those games mm, came out. Yeah. Um, another one I I've been slacking off on. I really I'm really upset with myself is um. Injustice. Because again, they kind of they they don't they just tell you this happened and they just jump ahead five years later, and this is big gap of time where it's mm. like all the building and you know, how the the regime starts. And I was trying, I was trying to read it for that to see what happens. There's a lot of stuff they don't tell you about, and that's how generally how I how I uh, pick up books. And when it comes to other like a lot of uh, manga, on the other hand, I just kind of watch the anime first. That's fair. And then I end up not transferring to the manga afterwards. There's only so, been like. No, go ahead. There's only only other one I've the only one I've managed to get ahead is a head start on is um. This golf one because it was because the the guy who did laser beam Kirk, something the yeah, robot laser beam because the guy who did Kuroko's basketball which is one of my favorite animes uh, and since he did that I was like sure I'll I'll read your manga why not I liked your other one and I'm getting hooked on a golf and a golf manga and it's golfing I don't even watch golf but I'm reading <laughs> this I don't watch golf whatsoever but for some reason I am reading this manga this change chapters week after week that is the magic of anime and manga sir something that you normally would not give two craps about you all of a sudden gain some sort of interest for example Yuri on Ice I can care less about figure skating but that right. actually looks like an interesting show that's said it was real good really? yep <laughs> The A and B's we watched during Otakon this year made Yuri on Ice seem like you need to watch that. I'll, I'll admit it, that I didn't. It works really well before. for that that style, the A and B style too, because it's the type of show that does really well with background music, really empowering the scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it looks super flamboyant, but I mean, I definitely want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so I can jump into, um, you know, as. I'm sure everybody knows now. Professionally, I'm a librarian, and I read a lot of graphic novels, hold up, manga, hold up, hold up, comics. Hold up. Before you continue, are you yep. like Giles the librarian from Buffy, or are you just like a regular librarian that you know actually does a job? Regular <laughs> librarian. I want to know if people come in and ask. Do people come in and ask for that stuff? Like they ask for like vampiric or how to stop a vampire or something. No, like that? I've never had. I've never had a question like oh, okay. that. Okay, just wanted to know. Um, but but so like. One thing I did recently, actually, some of the people, because the people who order the books aren't usually the same people that you see working in the library. Usually people order the books, especially for larger systems like Hartford County, Baltimore County, Baltimore City. They're in the administrative branch and don't work with the public. So, like, if you see a librarian, they don't have any say often on what. They can, like, give suggestions, but at the end of the day, they're not purchasing stuff. But the purchasing librarian uh, for comic books and graphic novels knew that I've read this stuff and she doesn't read it. So she asked me to make up a list of what I thought the new hot titles were going to be and what stuff we didn't have that we should get 
to refresh our collection because I made a few suggestions like we we didn't own any of One Punch Man for instance like a year and a half ago and I knew that was blowing up so I said we need to order One Punch Man and it checked out so much that they ordered more and more of it um so I did a bunch of research looking on like reviews you know different magazines stuff like that and found a bunch of different good stuff um and this basically what I've been working my way through for the last like year um because naturally if I said we should order it I also felt compelled to read it mm, um so I can hit a couple of these. I, I pulled up my favorites that I made from that list, and I figure if you guys want to hear about them, I can tell you about them and give you the lowdown. Um, have you guys heard of Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt? I think I've talked to you yes, about it. Yes, yes, that yeah. series. That series. Um, I'm not sure if it just recently started or. Yep, it's newer. Yeah, it, the fourth volume just came out. Super, super good. I've never read or watched any Mobile Suit Gundam at all. But I've always been tempted to get into it because I like that um, mecha kind of style, and I like the large countries battling each other. But Jesus the problem was Christ, my heart jumped out of my chest when you said you never watched Mobile Gundam. <laughs> well, the, the problem with Gundam is, is there's so much of it for a person trying to jump in the beginning. It's really tough to know where to go because there's the old stuff which is really cheesy and really tough to get excited about, and then the newer stuff often seems to build off of older stuff. Yeah. It's sort of like getting into a Legend of Zelda video game. A lot of it assumes that you've played an older game and that you can just jump into the series. But if you haven't, you're just overwhelmed. What I really liked about Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt is because the conflict that it's depicting is in this like offshoot small area, it doesn't revolve around the larger Mobile Suit uni universe much. So you can jump in with no knowledge at all of the series and really enjoy it. I really liked it. The action is intense. It's quick. It's to the point. Um, it's basically the two main characters are on opposing sides of the conflict, so you get both perspectives, um, and they're both ace pilots. Really, really good. I've been enjoying it. The first two volumes were, have been better than the, the third and the fourth volume, but it's still good. Um, I also, we were actually talking about this before we start recording, the Star Wars Legends epic collections are amazing. Super, super good. The Star Wars comics in general are amazing, but the epic um, Star Wars Legends epic collections are basically them grouping together a ton of volumes of the comics from, I guess, t I don't know if they're technically canon now, but it doesn't matter. They're super good. Um, my two favorite runs have been The Old Republic. The Old Republic's really interesting because it follows a, a Padawan who isn't super in tune with the Force. So he's not like Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader where he's like super powerful. He's instead like barely Force sensitive according to the story. And he gets framed for murdering a bunch of Padawans. And so he ends up going on the run from the Jedi Order. So for a large part of the book, Jedi end up being the bad guys for him. And he ends up siding with a bunch of smugglers to try to like get through and escape from the Jedi and whatnot. And he uses his tentative grasp of the Force to do a couple of things. But really, he uses like trickery and like more Han Solo-esque maneuvers to get through his challenges. Mm. Really, really interesting. Um, and it takes place like thousands of years before the main storyline. So it doesn't affect anything there. Um, and then along those, the, the Empire is really good, too. I've just been reading those. Um, that is basically following Darth Vader after Revenge of the Sith, but before A New Hope. So he's, like, obsessively hunting down the last remnants of the Jedi, and you get to see how some Jedi survive despite that, and despite the Empire. And you get to see how the Empire changes the 
um, the old Republic's army and navy into the Empire by, like... So there's one scene early on in the first volume where, like, they have a meeting with all the head naval officers and generals, and the Emperor and Darth Vader go around reassigning honors from these major battles in the Clone Wars that were given to um, Jedi. Instead, say, you're now the hero of so-and-so. You're now the hero of this battle. And if you go, well, wait, I didn't even do much. It was so-and-so Jedi. They go, oh, really? And they click their fingers, and these guys just cart those people off, and you never get seen again. So after a while, people stop saying, you know, oh, no, that wasn't me. They're like, yes, yes, that was me. Um, <laughs> And you get to see Darth Vader and the Emperor, like, chop their way through a ton of different stuff. You get to see some Jedi that, like, were fighting against forces of the Separatists during the Clone Wars, get turned on by clone troopers, and then join the Separatist armies to try to fight against the remnants of the clones. Super interesting stuff. Um, I'm a big Star Wars nerd, though. I'm I'm literally going through like the library search engine <laughs> to find it. Uh, <laughs> Those are really good. Um, Princess Jellyfish, have you guys read or watched this at all? No. That name sounds familiar. I love Princess Jellyfish. Um, it's super funny. It's more of a slice of life series than it is anything like high adventure. Um, one thing, because working at the library, I read outside my comfort zone a lot so that I can try to help people who don't have just the exact interests as me. That makes and sense. Princess yeah, Princess Jellyfish was one of those things that I gave a try because I thought other people would like it. But I love it. Basically... It's about this group of, like, hardcore otaku girls who are in their 30s who live, shout, like, in this um, apartment complex. And they have all these otaku rules that you have to follow. Like, for instance, they don't talk to boys. You're not allowed to have boys over. Um, they, they shun all forms of, like, dressing nicely and whatnot. And the main character, she's obsessed with jellyfishes. And she meets this super fancy-looking girl at a pet store who helps her get this jellyfish that the pet store wasn't taken care of properly. And the girl helps uh, the main character take this jellyfish back to the otaku apartment. And she's super nervous because there's this fancily dressed girl that she thinks is way out of like her social class or whatever. And then they fall asleep there because it's really late and they wake up and it turns out the girl who's dressed fancy was actually a cross-dressing rich guy. Um, and so it leads to, you know, natural anime funny moments where, like, you have these otaku girls who freeze at the sight of a man, like, not knowing that this woman they're talking to is actually this guy. And then the, the apartment complex they're in is trying to be bought up by these redevelopers. And so they have to find a way to save their apartment because they don't have jobs and all these different things. Super funny. Well worth checking out. Um, really just hysterical. So it's a, it's a gag, like a gag anime. Sort of, but there's a lot of, like, serious romance parts, too, to it. Um, it does a really nice job blending that, like, that humor and that realism to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been really into, like, the romance animes nowadays, too. Yeah, and this one, this one was really interesting because you have, like, this girl who is, like, in her late 20s and never really interacted with guys. But then, like, when the guy who cross-dresses helps her put on even remotely nice-looking clothes, everybody's, like, telling her she's all pretty and stuff, and she thinks they're all lying, and, you know, just different things like that that just feel realistic, but also funny. It's really, it's worth a read. There's only, I think, five volumes out right now, so it's not that long. Um, another Star Wars graphic novel, this is actually one of my all-time favorites. This you might not be able to get anymore. But it's the Star Wars omnibuses based around the Clone Wars run. There's three volumes of this. 
And these get super, super dark. One of my favorite Jedi characters, Quinlan Voss, is in it. And he is basically like a espionage specialist. So he can use the force to go like invisible or partially invisible and stuff. And they end up sending him like undercover to investigate um, Darth Tyrannus and the dark sides, like the this dark side force users that are joining the Separatists. But in order to do that, he has to like do all these things that go against the Jedi code. Um, and so people wonder if he's actually turned to the dark side, and you actually wonder as a reader if he has. And you get to see some really messed up stuff, like um, there's a battle where Anakin and all these Padawans are making a final stand with clone troopers and they're all getting gunned down and like several of them have really promising careers to be like healers for the jedi order and stuff but they're stuck on this backwater planet because of messed up orders from another general and stuff and then the emperor flies in and saves anakin says we gotta save you because they're about to get overrun he's like well about my friends and they're like well your friends don't have a place in this place but maybe the next ship that comes in they get off the planet and like an hour later everybody and there's massacred for instance wow like different stuff like that that gets really dark and really shows some of the stuff that the movies and the cartoons have never i think dared to go quite that serious um jake you mean to tell me that there there are jedi there aren't skywalkers that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) there's more than one black person in the star wars universe (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) thought they killed him off in the third one oh my god (laughs) um have you guys read uh, the new Fifty Two Aquaman? I know it's sort of a dated. Uh, yeah, I've read the first two volumes. You talk, we talk, uh, we talking Rebirth or before Rebirth? Before Rebirth. Yes, I read it. I love that run. Uh, starts with the trench. Made Aquaman my favorite superhero. Super, super good. Um, wow. It, it's gritty. He ends up having a lot of moments where it almost has an X Men like feel, where he doesn't feel like he belongs with humans because he has this like. You know, other half to him, but then the the deep sea people don't accept him either because I think he's basically a human. So he has this like mutant thing going on where neither side accepts him, and he's trying to keep peaceful relations between both. But because he's Aquaman, people make fun of him. So like the first volume starts off, and he's like in a uh, a restaurant, and he orders fish, and a bunch of people get super shocked, saying fish are like his best friends. How can you eat those? And then like another guy tries to interview him and says, "How does it feel to be no one's favorite superhero?" Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Just, they're they're like in a diner. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> just messed up stuff like that. That like show the writing is super aware of how much of a joke Aquaman is in pop culture, but it addresses it really well because Aquaman has some pretty legit powers, and like bodies drop in that. Like he is cutting through these villains with his his um weapon. Like he's not an I don't kill people Batman person. Like he messes them up. <laughs> I, mm. I'm I'm glad you rescued they, They're changing a lot of stuff around, and I mean that's what comics is all about. They got to yeah. change that. I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to change like the the power. The what am I what am I saying? They're kind of re trying to restructure like the teams and kind of like with the trinities and stuff are now. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely making Aquaman more of a pop popular character, and, and mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of see that in what they're doing with the new Justice League movie. Um, they're also trying to restructure Batman and trying to say that he's um, classified as a metahuman now. Uh, so no, <laughs> I, they're experimenting. Yeah, yep. he's just trying to see what what people are gonna say, what, what the reads are gonna be. 
a manga series that I ended up picking up recently is called I Am a Hero. Have you guys heard of this one? No, I have not. It is a zombie apocalypse series. And you have which normally, <laughs> normally, I honestly think is a little bit overdone. Um, but this does it super interestingly because the main character, one is Japanese, so you have an entirely different spin on it already than like a Western zombie apocalypse. Um, and the main character, he's like a out of work manga artist who constantly feels like he's not that important. Um, so, and he's got some serious mental issues where like he clearly is seeing people talk to him who aren't in the room and like has several scenes where he makes ritual circles around himself to protect himself from the shadows that are chasing him and different things like that. And so he like he has to constantly I don't know. It's very dark because it's Japanese and it's zombies, but then the main character is also very interesting because he reacts in such a not Shinji from Evangelion way because Shinji bugged me. He reacts in a way that that feels realistic but not whiny, if that makes sense. Like he's got real issues. Oh. Like he's got real issues going on, but he's not like constantly whining. Like he actually has a gun in this series because he's one of the people who has like a special license. But so when like the zombie apocalypse stuff happens, he doesn't draw his gun the whole first volume because he's sitting there reminding himself of all these rules that you have to follow. And he's like, if I do that, I'm going to lose my license. And you're kind of like, dude, there's zombies all over the place. Why are you just <laughs> shooting them? But because he's got these mental things going on that are clearly in the background. It, it works with his character, and it gives just that extra touch to make the, I don't know, the story have that flair that makes it feel differently. Um, it's really interesting. I've got the second and the third volume. I haven't read the third volume yet, but that's a newer series, too. So if you're looking to jump into something, it's the time to jump into it, because you can get in at the beginning. I'm a hero? I, I am yeah, a I'm hero. Actually, I actually uh, ran across this a couple weeks ago. And it looked interesting, and then I completely forgot about it. If you want to flip through it some, I'm probably buying the first volume this weekend so that I can read the... Because I want to read the third one, but I forgot the stuff from the first one. Like, I want those details crisp, you know what I mean? And if I have the second mm -hmm. and third, I gotta buy the first. Who's it published by? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> I had it up on Goodreads, but I, really, I didn't close that window. Because the manga itself is actually done already. Japan. The Japanese version might be, but I don't think the American version is done. Nah, because they just started talking about it. It's published by Shoga Kukan, uh, Dark, Hor Dark Horse Comics. Yep. And it's I'm not the hero. I am, I a, am hero. a hero. And apparently they got a live action movie. Super good. Especially if you're in the mood for something darker. Because there's some really messed up moments, but in a good way. Um, another series. This is a standalone. Is that? You when you come over Sunday for D and D, you can flip through it, see what you think. I already know I'm a like it. I saw I saw bits and pieces and read up on it. Okay, and actually caught my attention. I didn't know they they actually made a movie of it though. Yeah, I remember seeing something about that. Um, is it has it? gotten like english subtitles or anything like that i'd have to look further into it no worries have you guys heard of the the manga itchy f a worker's graphic memoir of fukushima nuclear power plant 
Oh, that was I a long sentence. Anymore. Jesus. Uh, no. <laughs> so and because of that title, I, I stopped looking any further. <laughs> so it, it's that it's it's a standalone um, graphic novel manga thing, and it's really interesting because it's basically a nonfiction coverage of a nuclear power plant cleanup worker at the Fukushima nuclear power plant after it went like melt went after it had a meltdown. Um, I thought it was really interesting because I've always wondered how you clean up after a nuclear disaster, and this book shows what the real process is like. Um, it's a little bit dense at parts, but the, because it's a manga, rather than just describing it, you get to see it, which was really interesting. And it sort of shows, like, it's a nice way to see, like, Japanese life. Um, and because it's only that single volume, you could read it and be done with it. I liked it. Um, if, you're, if you want to learn more about, like, nuclear power plants and cleanup workers and stuff, or if you're just interested in that at all, it's worth checking out. Um, have either of you read the new Jessica Jones that's coming out? Uh, Jessica Jones Volume 1 Uncaged? Never, I think read, they never read any Jessica Jones prior to watching the show. So this was... I read this because I thought the show would make it more popular. Um, it recently came out super interesting. It starts off Jessica Jones getting released from jail. Um... And you don't really know why, but you know that all the superheroes are shunning her. And she has hidden her and Luke Cage's daughter from Luke Cage. And there's several scenes where Luke Cage gets super pissed off at her because she won't tell him where her their, their kid is. Um, and Jessica Jones has some stuff going on where, like, there's a hidden organization trying to kill some of the new superheroes, like Miss Marvel. Um, and which, they want which, Jessica sorry, Jones. Which Miss Marvel? Camilla Khan. Okay. So, like, the younger superheroes. Um, and Je they want Jessica Jones to work with them. And they think because she just came out of prison that she's, like, no longer liking superheroes. And they don't really allude to why. But it it's interesting because similar to the show, it doesn't feel as much of a superhero thing as it does a private investigator that happens to have superpowers. Um, worth checking out if you're in the mood for a different kind of take on superheroes. And it made me appreciate Jessica Jones even more. Is Jessica Jones what? Jessica Jones uncaged. That's real funny, Luke Cage. Uh... Yep. Well, and Luke Cage goes berserk and like rips her car apart at one point. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you guys heard of the graphic novel Nimona? Nope. By Noelle Stevenson. This is more of an indie work. Uh, she actually went to MICA and graduated the same year, roughly, we graduated from, um, like, 2012, 2013, somewhere around there. Basically, the main character, her name is Nimona, and she wants to join the arch-villain of this fantasy world to help him forward his plots to mess with the kingdom. Um, and the problem is, is she wants to take things to the next level. So, like, he says, all right, we're going to capture the king. And she says, and then we're going to execute him in front of the whole city, right? He's like, no, we're just going to capture him. And then we're going to use him as leverage to get what we want. And she's like, no, let's kill him. And I'll turn into a dragon and we'll burn the whole town down. That'll really teach him. He's like, no, you are taking this to the next level. We got to tone it down. Um, she's a shapeshifter. And so she can shapeshift into any animal that she's seen. And it's really interesting because it plays on this like tropes of like almost like the does you do right slightly rip whiplash villain relationship where the villains constantly doing things that are easy to prevent and see coming. 
but she wants to put the spin on making it darker and like make it real. <laughs> um, and she's got like the she's got some darker stuff in her past, and it turns out the hero organization has some stuff that's going on too, without ruining anything. Really interesting though. It's kind of cute because Nimona and the arch villain um, end up having like this really kind of cute buddy relationship, and like. I don't know, kind of interesting seeing something from the villain's perspective instead of the hero's perspective. I usually really like those type of books. Yeah, and it's a standalone, so it's not a huge time commitment. <clears throat> and then the final series that I've got here that I've recently read that I think is well, well worth reading is called The Wicket and the Divine. Oh, um, Jesus, that's good. Yes. Yes, <laughs> super good. Have you heard of this, Eric? Mm, I've heard the name. So basically, every 90 years... Twelve gods are reincarnated as young humans, and when the gods are reincarnated, they get to live for two years, and then they die, and then another 90 years pass, and they come back. And it's gods from different pantheons. The book hasn't, at least where I have gone, hasn't explained wh what, how, if they're the same every time or whatever. It's not important. But basically, when the gods come back, the gods have one major desire, and that's to be worshipped and um, idolized by humans. And so when they come back in modern times, who's worshipped and idolized more than anyone else in our society? Jesus? Pop culture figures. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they come back as basically rock stars, and each of them has their own style of music and whatnot. And they have one major agreement that they won't use their magical powers against humans, because if they do, the humans will get pissed off and be able to work against them. And they only have a short time on the planet, so they don't want to spend all this time working against it. Well, in the well, first they volume, technically are using their powers though. Technically, but they're not going to use it to like directly influence it. That's an, okay. Um, but in the first <laughs> volume, Lucifer ends up getting framed for exploding this dude's head, and it ends up being this whole big thing because they're not supposed to do that, and only another god could have exploded the person's head, and nobody wants to believe it wasn't Lucifer because it's the devil. So, like, of course you did it. You're the devil. Um, and the devil's like, no, I didn't do it. Um, and the main character is a person who's basically a, um, a groupie of all these different gods. And it's really interesting because at the end of the volume, some stuff happens. It ends on literal Big Bang. Um, well, well worth giving a try. I have the second volume checked and I haven't read it yet. But the first one really grabbed my attention. Sort of a unique take on something, given some fresh perspective. Um, and... I really like seeing each of the gods has their own very unique personality and style. So like they have like Amaratsu, who's like um, kind of she kind of reminds me of like that stereotypical anime chick in an anime. You know what I mean? Yep. But like mm -hmm. she, her music is filled with like flashy stars and stuff. And then Ares, who's all about war, is like this hardcore rap star. <laughs> and then. <sighs> um, Lucifer, I, they never show her, like, act, but she's got more of this, like, standoffish kind of, like, emo punk rocker look. Um, I don't I don't know. They never really, if you read the first volume, they never really say that she, that she actually did music. That she, she more so well, comes off as, like, the manager. Kind of. I think all of them do do music, though, because at one point the main character mentions that she had seen all of the gods in concert. Okay, it's that yeah. Cause like the book starts off with them committing like a group suicide, cause they're like, oh, we're gonna die anyway. Let's just kill each other. Well, it's not a group suicide. suicide. It starts off at the end of a cycle back in like the thirties. Yeah. 
and then or it's whatever. In, and then it's in modern times, and yep, you know they have the whole scene with Lucifer blowing the supposedly blowing the sniper's head head off, right? And then she's trying to prove her case in the courtroom, and then it happens again, and this is like, oh, I guess you're screwed. Yep, so, <laughs> so it's, it's real interesting because there's like I don't know, it, it's well worth a read. It's sort of I don't know, it's kind of a fresh idea, something new. I, I highly recommend uh, Wicked and Divine. It's like four or five volumes deep now. Yep. At this point. But it, I think it's uh I might be done. I don't know. But it's one of those series that I think really has gained some momentum for a good reason. And that that's those are my most recent graphic novel reading. I mean I've read a lot of other stuff, but those are my highlights. Nice. I have I have not been very impressed with the DC rebirth that I've read, I'm sad to say. I don't I don't know what to say about Rebirth right now. The Batman stuff has been cool. See, I don't like, read Batman. <laughs> Batman gets enough attention, all right. Like I read Cyborg. Cyborg wasn't bad, but the first volume wasn't anything like amazing. I didn't like the Wonder Woman at all. I thought the artwork was very, very good. Oh, the Wonder artwork Woman. has been really good. I just don't like the story. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Um, I don't know what they're doing with that. They're I don't know if it's because of the movie or whatever, whatever it was, but they were trying to like recourse that back into an origin story yeah like they started off in modern and they just jumped back into like younger diana and i'm like where is this going and super confusing because they spend like half that first volume basically trying to address what it meant for dc rebirth like are they rebirthing it and how that affected her and i just didn't care like it felt like you need to have knowledge of all the previous wonder woman stuff to appreciate 90 percent of what was mentioned in the rebirth volume one yeah, it was. I, I understand. Like I said, I I recently picked that up too, and it was confusing to me as well. Yep. Eric, got anything? Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we can end on that note. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, we have you know where to find us at aroundthegate.com. That's where all our content is. You can find. Um, all of our new posts, and you can go to our YouTube page at aroundthegeek.com. Uh, well, YouTube.com. Around YouTube.com slash aroundthegeek. Around uh, we're on Facebook at aroundthegeek, Twitter at ATG Podcast. Um, appreciate it. If you guys go ahead and continue to keep clicking on that Amazon link, you've been doing a really good job. Helps us keep, keeps us from being homeless. Uh, Eric has a place <laughs> to leave, live. Um, wow. And I'm not going to let you have that one. <laughs> Uh, we I have all our, we have all our interviews on there right now that you can listen to with uh, Kyle, and we have the the special episode we did with Brian, which was really good. That was a really funny episode between me and Eric. We had some good conversation, and uh, again, mm-hmm. again, he was a director for uh, Rick and Morty and various other cartoons. So, Jake, you especially, if you get a chance, listen to that episode. No, I have to. That sounds really awesome. Um, and uh, that's about it for me. Anything you want to see before you leave out? Go to Comic-Con. Baltimore Comic-Con? Meh. Hartford County Public Library Comic-Con. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and what was the dates on that again? October 21st from 10 to 5. It's a whole eight-hour day. <laughs> yep. it should be Most fun, of though. the activities are really going to start kicking off around 12, but we'll have passive stuff going on in that early part of the day. Okay. Well, this has been episode 116 of Around the Geek. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you go to that Comic-Con. See you.